0: Yoga is something that most of us realize we should integrate into our lives. But if you're like me, you may find it difficult to find the time to make it to a studio. It's one of the reasons we created bsy.tv for BlackSwanYoga.tv. It allows access to all of our world-class instructors, but gives you the opportunity to practice in the comfort of your own home. You get the first eight days totally free, and then after that, it's eight bucks a month. Totally worth it. An opportunity to practice yoga at the highest level, but without all the hassle of heading to the studio. I definitely recommend you check it out. There's absolutely nothing to lose. B-S-Y dot TV. Boss Rutten was such a hero of mine growing up. When I would play video games that didn't have him as a character in it, like a WWE video game, I would create Boss Rutten and fight my friends with Boss Rutten. He was one of my favorite fighters, so it was really special to get to sit down with him and also his protege, Dwayne Bang, who developed the Bang Muay Thai system and, of course. The founder of the Bang Muay Thai Austin, which we have here at the Honored Academy, a really fun podcast. Awesome to hang with these guys. I hope you enjoy it. We're doing great. So you just did a you just did a seminar to open up Bang Muay Thai Austin. It was so dope. 115 people all doing the same combo at the same time. That shit was intense. It was like one of those old school martial arts movies, <laughs> where you get End like of the Dragon. 300 the people dragon, yeah. in, a, yeah. in a courtyard <laughs> 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 and the same thing. Beautiful to see. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. So I wanted to start this off and talk to you because you know, you've know you been in this as long as anyone in this kind of modern era. I and mean, I wanted to talk about how things have changed, how things have progressed from your earliest days, you know, fighting in, in, in Holland and Japan. And, and so bring us through and give us like a little bit of flavor. Give us that flavor of what it was like in the early days. And then I know, Dwayne, you kind of carried in that next stage and now we're all friends and training with fighters who are in this final stage. Let's get this whole evolution of not only fighting but the culture in the world Marshmarts. around it yeah
1: well uh you know it was weird you know you 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 go to japan and it's a complete different complete different culture than you're used to and you have to understand i was 28 years old so i was older and i traveled to europe a lot but i never been in a plane because i, I didn't need to you know we drive to france we drive to sweden We that's where we have some car and um, but where did you you started fighting somewhere before japan for sure right oh yeah i started i, w- I was a thai boxer in holland uh, I think I started around, I don't know, I would say 21, 22. I think I started Thai boxing. And it just went really fast. First, I did uh, karate, shintai karate. It was a certain form of karate. I started with that. Then I realized really fast okay, there's no punches allowed to the face. You know, maybe I uh, shoot the. Uh, That's a hole. To... That's a hole in the system. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hole in the system. Plus, <laughs> low kicks. There were no low kicks for some reason in that particular style of karate, which is weird, or no low kicks. <clears throat> And I said, okay, well, maybe I should start Thai boxing. So I did karate, I did taekwondo, and then I uh, did uh, Thai boxing as well. I started Thai boxing, started competing in Thai boxing, but I did everything at the same time. I kept going because I wanted to get my black belts first from all the other sports. Did In, in that in
0: that time, though, when you were training in that traditional martial arts, everybody in those martial arts, they thought they were badasses. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like, if you got a black belt in whatever style it was, like the world actually thought that you mm-hmm. could kick anybody's ass <laughs> because nobody was testing these styles, right? So... Traditional
1: martial arts had a whole different vibe, vibe then. the strikers were always the man. Right? Yeah, right? No clue. No clue about mixed martial arts You know, the story I always tell is that I fought against Frank and I remember that uh, he tries to tries to me down, I I stand back up and he goes, No, 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 come on the ground. And I go down, I go no, no, come on, man. Stand up like a fight like a man, I said. And when I see me, my myself made a comment now. I go. I was such an idiot <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, because then many months later, I saw a day before I went. Um, uh, we we were walking on the street with a lot of guys, all the, all the fighters. we were walking on the uh, we're roaming the Japanese streets, streets. And suddenly, we hear hybrid wrestling, hey and it was the announcer voice. And we look and there's this giant building, there's a huge screen, screen like the screen I've ever seen in my life. We're talking, we're talk, I mean. 30 yards and a, a giant screen. And the first thing we first thing we see is me now, the guy. I go, Whoa, you know, so this is the preview. Who's fighting? So all the fighters there were excited. And uh, I have John Blooming with me. John Blooming is next to Masoyama, as the highest decorated uh, Kyokushin guy ever. And he's mm-hmm. behind me. And this guy sits in a half guard from a fighter. And I'm early in my stage. I don't know a lot about submissions. And I see him grabbing the heel and falling back, and the guy taps. So I'm turning around and I look at John Blooming, I go, oh, I got to remember that, that's a cool move. <laughs> so the next day I'm fighting and I'm in that situation and I go, I oh, might as well try it, right? So I grab his heel. Now, since I never did it, I had no clue what I was doing and what kind of pressure I would put on this poor guy's legs. I snapped the shin bone in half. Mm. Yeah. Too much, a little too much. A little too far. You yeah. know, I pushed it and, uh, and that was scary. Yeah. And, and, and then that's the moment when I realized I'm such an idiot saying, stand up, fight like a man. Because the ground fighting, if you think about it, you know, you can pretty much dislocate or break any joint, bone, whatever there is in the body. Mm-hmm. Anything. I can dislocate your shoulder, break your arm, snap your arm, snap your leg, dislocate your knee, dislocate your ankle. I mean, whatever I want to do, I yeah. can do. That's a, big, that's a big power to A lot have. of options. And I can choke you out. And while you're out, I can do all that stuff also. And, and dirtier things And, and just if want, you want. Oh, yeah. You know, just hide the Tabasco bottle. Right? Remember all that uh, thing. So, <laughs> no, I don't remember hide the Tabasco bottle. <laughs> oh, no, you don't remember that? that? No, I don't remember that. Oh, that was, uh, I did the Street Fighting DVD. And and I said, now, there's so many. I'm explaining. It was all ad libbed. You know, there yeah, was no yeah. script for that thing. And I start talking about, now, if this guy was really bad to your wife or something and you just joked him out you can always play a fun little game called let's try to hide the tabasco <laughs> 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 pull the pants down <laughs> put it in there B- so. better than hide the
0: malt <laughs> malt vinegar bottle or like the yeah. <laughs> the-, the ketchup bottle or the jack daniels
2: bottle. that's even worse yeah
1: that's the
0: final level
1: so yeah. So, so, so. And imagine back and
0: if that. imagine if you woke up and someone is shoving a Tabasco bottle in your ass. You're like, what?
1: What? Uh, yeah, On yeah. my head? Or what? Why? First, take the top off. Put a little <laughs> numb it a little bit with the Tabasco. Take a little Devious. Round, push Devious. it against the anus. Rotate it a little bit, and then just go. <laughs> Palm strike. <laughs> <It was> <laughs>
0: <pancreas>. <laughs> pancreas. Pancreas. so Tay, i want to go back though to the culture in holland when when you're fighting because you know i've been friends with ethan you hear the stories it sounds insane in holland like the kickboxing culture sounds insane it sounds like it's still a little crazy but not like maybe it was in, in the older days
1: mm, you know it's uh we we were very uh blessed with having all the best fighters on the planet remember it was uh, Rob Kamen, Miller Guebly, Andre Brilleman, all these, all these guys, Manhart, you know, all these guys from Majiro Gym, they were rocking it, they were killing people over there in Thailand, you know, Vos Gym, you know, Ernesto Hoost. I mean, they were. I mean, these guys were just unbelievable best strikers. Best, yeah. And what what those trainers did, Jan Vos, um, they said, hey, listen, the ties, we see them kick, but they don't really punch. You know, if we bring our boxing and we tie that together with low kicks and with kicks. You know, start combining it, I think we had do a lot of damage over there, and then they went over and sure enough you know, you know also like a uh, Roman Deckers and they started just de- destroying the ties. I remember there was the Yap Aden it's a big place in Holland where all the big fights were, and we would always go there like almost every month there was a big fight and one time the we I, I, I guess the Dutch had said, you know, when they said, "Yeah, the Dutch had said that they could beat the Thais. At the Thais, they were very angry about it. And they said, okay, we'll do four world championships in Holland, in the Jap And we broadcast it, we stream it live to Thailand. And they got all four knocked out. And that was a culture shock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Everybody was right. like, what's going on here? So the Thai boxing level was really high. You know, but then you had fights like uh, Orlando Wheat versus Hippolyte. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys, when they fought each other, they were friends. They were not friends, but, they didn't. Uh, there was no animosity, but for some reason, every time these guys fought, it was an insane fight. It was with elbows. They had full tie rules. I mean, they jumped up and like literally jumped up, wrapped the leg around the other person and started elbowing down in the, on the collarbones. It was the craziest thing ever. And, and the Dutchman, we ate it up. I remember we had Je- Benny the Jet. This is such a cool story because Benny, you know, he was an incredible striker. Mm-hmm. but without low kicks so mm-hmm. and of course everybody tells him yeah but can you hold low kicks can you hold low kicks and i kept on going and of course he took the, he took the bluff one time and he says okay i'll go to holland man it was like rocky in in germany or in in, uh, in russia you know everybody was booing when he came up and he fought this uh, i think Iwan spang was his name uh black guy super explosive just a killer and he started destroying Benny jet his legs i mean I have no clue why Benny the Jet kept standing. But, you know, after two rounds of doing that, Benny the Jet starts finding the nicks, finding this and that, and suddenly he starts coming back, right? And it goes harder and harder. So now he already gets more people who started to root for Benny the Jet. Sure. And then this Dutch guy started to get tired and he starts spitting out his mouthpiece every time uh, to catch extra breath. It ended with that, I mean, everybody was for Benny the Jet. Mm-hmm. And everybody was buoy. Every time he spit out his mouthpiece, the whole audience, Whoa! you know i mean the jet came in they hit him he walked out he was the hero of the night knocked him out i believe in the fourth or the fifth round wow incredible fight Uh, you see that
0: happen in some fights where a fighter will just show so much heart that they'll come in the underdog they'll be in the wrong city the wrong place and no matter even if it's you know someone going into brazil you know and they come back and they show that certain character it's you can't avoid but to cheer for that Mm -hmm. individual
1: is a bit and the jet benny the jet man i saw some fights of this guy what an unbelievable strike. Legitimate so good, warrior. Great hands. Mm-hmm. And his kicks, his spinning back kicks to the body. Mm. You know, it was so incredibly fast. Fujiwara, I remember there was a knockout Fujiwara. against Fujiwara. Dude, when you hear the impact from that kick, ooh, and Fujiwara, he was top of the world, and he just planted a freaking back kick to the body. Crippled him, you know. Yep. It's, it's insane. Yeah, he was, uh, and he still is. This guy can pretty much still
2: do everything. He's like 65 years old now.
0: That's great. So when did you go? When did you go, Dwayne, to to Holland to start well, the training?
2: My first training in Holland was in 2002 when I went to train with the uh, Ramon Deckers. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I met the rootin' when I was 19 in Colorado. I mm-hmm. had a, uh, a local promoter bring him out, so I already knew who he was and watched his tapes and everything. And then a local promoter brought him out to be a special guest, right? And I was fighting on the shows, which were called the Lone Wolf Invitational. So then again, they brought Boss out. He was the you know the special guest, and everybody loved him, of course, right? So then after the fight, after the tournament, he would do a seminar. So then I'd I'd fight on the tournament, Then I would always win those tournaments for my weight bracket whatever. Next day, I'd do a seminar, and then I'd always want to keep training with Boss, right? So then when he had the fight set for Kevin Randleman, he did his camp in Colorado for the elevation. So that's where we trained every day for a month and a half, two months. And then that's where our relationship started, you know, connecting and bonding. And now he's a a man I love since I So. Um, so I've, I've been to Holland a few times, but, uh, my, my, most of my training for the Dutch style right. was with him personally here in the States. Cool. Yeah. What is it? But,
0: but I still don't understand why Holland, like, why is this the, the hub of, of kickboxing the way we know it? Cause even right now you're watching glory. I mean, the Dutch style is, is
1: winning the majority of the championships
0: yeah. in the fight. Like uh, where did that come from? Why?
1: I don't know. I, I my, my <clears throat> conspiracy theory is that we're such a tiny country. You know, at that time it was fourteen, fifteen million people. That's the entire country. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, I always say, if you hold your phone like this, this is the size of Holland. From here to here is two hundred miles. You know, when I, when I would go, leave my town and go to Paris, that's the same distance as me driving to Vegas from from L.A. So people have no clue how small it is there. And then the French are really French are pretty good with uh, kickboxing as well, and the, with some Germans Savat. also. So they're, mm-hmm. Savat, yeah, and they mm-hmm. all, you know, everybody started. Uh, just competing and i think for some reason the people loved it and you have fights every week you know no like here you have small shows and you have big shows in this eh, you wouldn't call it smokers but there's still shows in an uh in a gym you know but people really go for full... so so it's a lot of people do it and, and then, then when and a lot then of momentum people do it, momentum
0: yeah. creates momentum and then all the a sudden... oh, but
1: it's a greg jackson's camp right? right you go to greg jackson's camp and all these guys that good and a great coach i understand that but they're They're all great fighters they all make each other strong so the more big fighters come there the stronger they get and that's in holland too you get all that talent and they all train with each other yeah then you become really good yeah
0: that classic iron sharpens iron you Mm -hmm.
1: talked about uh, heath herring heath herring was fighting on that tournament that we put on in colorado and he won his tournament but his striking didn't look good and he asked me if you were in my shoes what would you do i said i will i i'll set you up in holland and can you imagine you, the great wrestler that you are, which is Submission Game, if you learn how to strike? And he took it to the heart. Two months later, he went to Holland, lived there. I mean, speaks the language, fluent. I was amazed when I heard him speak, like almost no, you know, with the accent from where he lives. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So, uh, but he took it to the heart and, and he, he skyrocketed. He started in, uh, at the Pride Fighting Championships. Yep. Right? And that's, that's where he was born. But it came all it became all because of he trained in Holland with the Thai boxing and he learned everything. He learned the striking and he learned the language. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And then you guys both went to Japan at some point. So that's a whole different culture. And they probably like every individual in Japan is more ravenous for martial arts, maybe than anyone else in the world, as far as from a fan base, yeah, like. than the culture. but they, you know, but their, their whole, their whole culture is completely different. You know, the, the quiet stadiums, the things that they like, but give us a little flavor of, you know, moving from Holland into Japan, um, you know, I know you got to experience the pride days and, and some of the, the heart of that. And I know you, you had some fights over there. What was it like being in Japan? What's that flavor like?
2: Then you, you I go. think, yeah. So for me, Japan, they seem to be a bit more on the inner development rather than the, you know, the, you know, excess development. So they really appreciated someone who was going to slow down and, and take the time and put in the effort and the heart. Like we're just talking about, uh, being the Jet Yurkitas, showing so much heart in the ring. They really appreciated that. They really appreciated what you brought from within rather than the characteristics from the outside. So uh, what it's like, it's awesome because it's super quiet. I can always hear my corner. I can hear my wife yelling. So it's always good to hear that. <laughs> Here on the stage, you don't always hear your corner. So when I first fought, actually my first trip to Japan was with Sensei Ruten when uh, Joe San actually fought for the best, yeah. right? And Ramiro uh, Ranavarti fought also. And then it was Pride Pride 19. Don Fry and Ken Shermark fought. Okay. But anyway, uh, uh, for that, uh, but anyway... It, Japan, they just seem to be a bit more again focused on the inner development of the human being and the spirituality of the arts itself. So it was just much more calmer for me to go fight, feel more focused and more uh, just more determined.
1: You know, I, my 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 fighting changed. My fighting, I became the fighter like the calculated guy in Japan, and I truly believe it's because of the people are quiet. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. Holland, my Thai boxing matches. Every single picture you have of me knocking people out, my face is like every picture. Is, ah! you know it's like mm-hmm. the facial animalistics in Japan it's like you know there was no more facial expressions and I was wow what is going on this is so weird like when the first when I, I, I knocked my first guy out 43 seconds and then the next time when I came back there were all these magazines and they have like five different kinds of magazines you have six pages in every magazine from all the fights it's so badass you know you so you go through these magazines and I was literally looking I go oh man this is crazy look at me I was and then when I saw myself fight I go, wow! This is, it blew me away. I think it was also it, it were two things. It was the people. People are calm. I like like when I cannot kind of go on a on a busy night shopping. That is not a good thing for me mm-hmm. because I pick up all the negativity and all the creep from the the crap from the people, and it affects me for some reason. And I think in Holland everybody's screaming. Everywhere in the world people are screaming. But there it was so quiet, and for some reason that did something to me. And then the other thing was, of course, that. Uh, I just found out on the day of the fight that there were no weight classes and my guy was like forty-five pound heavier, <laughs> and that there was oh, yeah. only one round. And I was super excited. How oh, oh many minutes? And I go thirty. <laughs> I go yeah. And so I wrote these big R's on my hand, which mean relax. Rustig uh, in Holland starts coincidentally uh-huh. it's the same word as relax with an R, uh, because I need. I knew that if I, if I'm going to unload in the first three minutes, and, it, and the Japanese are known for tough fighters. I got 27 more minutes, it's you know. Long run. Yeah, try try to, to to survive that. So I became more cal- calculated. That's what I. I don't know. It was it was the craziest thing. I think what I was really proud of. Um, I I was starting playing these mental games instantly. There, uh, knocked my first guy down. He went down on an eight count. Now, they start counting when you're in your corner, right? So at the moment you go to your corner, as soon as you hit the corner, that's when the referee starts counting. So you see all the fighters, they run to their corners because they want to give the opponent as, the least amount of mm-hmm. time as possible. But I threw it the other way for some reason. I, don't, I didn't, plan, didn't plan anything, but I, I saw him, boom, he was out, and I, I see him looking at me. And while he's looking at me, I just walk over to him first. I lean, I look at him. And then I walked, turned around, and walked very slow to my corner. <laughs> like, yeah. I hope you get up, motherfucker. That, I hope you, know, you get up. <laughs> that's the illusion I gave him. Yeah. But my mind I'm was going, like, run, 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 <laughs> you know? It's, your, right. it's a different thing. But you, you go, no, 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 no. This will have way more effect on him because now he's going to think, oh, gee, he's really not scared. He's giving me all the time that I need. You see, that has way more impact on a fighter, I believe, than me running to the corner and totally. telling the camera, stop going, stop going. You know, that's yeah. like, I'm scared right so that's i do it the other way around i did it the other way around but just for me to do that at that moment and be aware of every little thing i was doing i remember i heard people speaking on the you know american people on the first row that i could tell them later what what they were talking about because it's so quiet i just tuned in on everybody else it was the weirdest experience
0: that's really cool And and i think it goes to highlight how important these kind of mental aspects of fighting are you know and that in that moment, that decision, yeah, maybe you could have come closer to winning the fight on a close eight count. But you can mentally break a fighter if you show him that you're not scared in those moments. Like, and that will ensure that you win. You know, that'll 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 give you such a much bigger advantage than your slight opportunity that you might get the eight count to go. You know, and
1: plus on top of that, you know, and how, that was me as a bouncer as well. You know, it's like I I show everybody else the same thing. All right. the fighters that are looking at that moment go like. Shit. holy crap this guy doesn't <laughs> even care Shit. you know it's like when i was a bouncer and there was a fight which was almost never because i was a really good talker but then i would i would make sure that everybody would see it that would yeah i mean i would have bottom bang, bang, and then <laughs> just you know because i know that's the most violent thing you can do so everybody's watching they're not gonna fight me that's you know they're not gonna yeah nobody's gonna cause any trouble in that place because they're not gonna, gonna have to deal with me mm-hmm. so if i had to i, I made sure that it, that I made a big, you know, theatrical. So everybody sees it. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like when Rogan talks about he uh, he landed some savage spinning heel kick KO in his taekwondo. And most people like, you know, give like a cheer like, yeah. yeah. And he's just deadpan. Just walk silently back whenever you would knock someone back. Yeah,
1: yeah there's the walk off.
0: Because then everybody is like, God damn, that guy's a killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, making it look. But I want to go back to another thing, too. You're talking about being calm in the ring and being relaxed, controlling, managing your emotions. You know, another thing that we talk about is emotions are not a fighter's friends in there. You know, at a lot of times. And I remember to bring it back to kind of modern context. I remember watching you coach TJ in his fight with Dom. Yes, sir. And you just kept saying, "Hey, man, just touch him. Yeah, just touch him." But TJ was pissed. Yeah, he he was he was a little too angry. And I remember you saying like, and I saw it too. I was good friends with TJ. I was like, "Chill, man. You'll hit him. You know, like you'll hit him." And I think that that little thing probably determined the outcome of the fight right just a little bit more anger than probably he needed at that point yeah
2: and that's one of the things I I try to tell myself the most and my Mm -hmm. students and I got it from sensei as well is if you can't control yourself how are you going to control somebody else so first it starts with yourself right in the inner development because if you can't control your emotions they're going to control you and it's like a fire you can use that fire to cook your meal or burn down your house you got to control the fire and the fire is again replaced for the emotion so uh, which goes back to why I create so many drills and combinations with our system is to mimic as much of the fight as we can. while still staying staying safe and giving them the mental cues of what's going to happen in the fight as well. So, again, a lot of it is just like martial arts for me is this inner spiritual development. It really is. And learning to push myself against little obstacles and see how I overcome them. Not if I'm going to overcome them, how I overcome them. So, uh, that's just how it is. You got to make sure that you're always paying attention to yourself first. But, again, going back to the TJ fight. Slow down, Sorry. Yeah, I thought he was a bit. He still, he still beat Cruz. I still, I, yeah, me still, too. Yeah, I still feel yeah, no. he I, beat I, Cruz. They just too. were, were uh, my opinion on that fight. Uh But I think he could have stopped him, or uh, definitely done better. He could have been at been his best. Like at the his TJ best.
0: Ferral nice. was at like 110. was yes, beautiful. I mean, I had fucking tears in my eyes. You yep. know, it was like this. I cried. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And i so did I. And it was like this is somebody who's doing absolutely everything they can to the best of their ability. And you didn't have that feeling after cruise and, and it was just it wasn't that he was physically any different or unready or something was camp it was just that little bit of anger that mm-hmm. little bit of emotion that that got in there mm-hmm. you know just just a little creep agreed And you know and that's all it takes to change you know, to uh, change the turn
1: it's it's so important i use i'm not a crap talker i don't do that i just want to fight i'm not a stare down guy i look at that ground because you know i i'm, I'm an emotional guy Mm-hmm. so somebody looks at me oh really oh yeah okay. so i'll take over. <laughs> so that now, might now. get you more emotion. that's it uh, it's gonna i want to beat him up you know i get angry but it's it's so Im- for me it's important to give the the, the fight the fighter that i'm fi- going to fight little digs just uh-huh. you know if they say well, what is the strongest weapon oh it's left hook is uh it's a pretty good weapon it's not fast mind, but it's it's really you know just throw it away <laughs> it's not fast mine you got a little bit more power on him but but you know yeah that could be trouble you know so you praise him but your, your undertone is it's a little mine is a little bit better and and that pisses them off yeah and you want them to be pissed off because now instead of le- starting a punch from here he's going to start he's going to load up on his punches because yeah. he's angry and they're and, slow and that's that's what you want you know they're gonna, they're going to lift the bar stool above their head instead yeah, of, yeah. yeah. instead Twice. of <laughs> Boss is telling it. an
0: amazing story about being in a bar fight and he's talking about how well I'll let you tell the story about people using a bar stool in a very ineffective manner
1: yeah no it's you know, <laughs> literally I two guys doing that to me and two went down the same way <laughs> I mean like idiot you know they grab up a stool they lift it above their hands in order to hit me <laughs> there's no defense your whole body is exposed <laughs> I can pick whatever I want <laughs> I, I mean it's a buffet it, it, it it's a buffet, buffet. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a buffet a- of violence a- available
0: about <laughs>
1: all you can eat, <laughs> Mister Rutin. Where will you. you like? I, uh, you know, it's almost. when the, the stool goes up. You go. You look at it, you. go, like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gee. <laughs> End fights. You know, it's uh, so people are stupid. Yeah. You know, and, and that's and especially the the the, the, the As we we're talking about bouncing, when people get really angry and aggressive in your face, you know that they always do that, and that they always got away with it. Mm-hmm. You know, but if i I always stay very calm, I go, dude, dude, you're screaming too hard, man you tr- you're trying too much. Come on, don't don't be that barking dog. you go, wait a minute, I say, yeah, you're super insecure don't don't tell me you're not <laughs> I'm okay. I won't okay, what do you do? What's your job? Let's say uh a carpenter, you know mm-hmm. you're a carpenter, yeah, how many hours a day you work? Eight hours. okay, now my job is beating people up. <laughs> And I do this eight hours a day with the best people on the planet. So chances that you're going to win are knee <laughs> It's not going to happen. Not even with a lucky punch, you're yeah. not going to do this. I said, please, let's not do this. And you see them go, woo. That was loud. And you see him go, Wee. you see them deflate yeah. in front of you. And they realize, yeah, that's not right. But you see, again, I don't have to punch a guy. Yeah. Because I just talked to him. That's what I always like. <laughs> it's Hi.
0: funny when you say just the right thing, too, and de escalate a situation. <laughs> I remember there was, a, there was a time I'm at a club and I was with my girl and all of these people, and this guy keeps coming up and being aggressive. And, I, and for whatever reason, I did, wasn't even thinking about what I was going to say. I look at him and I go, You have something you haven't reconciled deep in your heart. And the guy looks at me like, Whoa! What the fuck was that? And he just kind of walks away, like a little bit confused. Yeah, he was, <laughs> but, but it like totally ended the whole. Season. I was like, why did I say that?
1: Yeah, but like, where did that come from? It but worked, it, but that it was worked. The, that was the Holy Spirit. First <laughs> yeah, thing for sure. You got away sure. with no fighting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly That's the right good. thing. That's so good. let's talk about you guys. Both had you know amazing you know careers and experiences in the UFC. Talk about that transition. Then now we've gone from Holland to Japan, and then fighting for the UFC in in some
2: of its earlier days. Uh, well, uh, you start with the uh, UFC, uh, well, my first UFC fight, I actually had to beat UFC champion outside of the UFC to get into the UFC. Yep. So I thought that was funny. Um, is when I fought the Jens Pulver was able to stop him in the first round, mm-hmm. but uh, going back to, I guess, to controlling the emotions, you know, he was softball and was orthodox for that fight and <laughs> a lot, a lot go away from the power to step to the left. Right. And, or to step to your left. Correct. And then as soon as the bell started, I go to my right, right into his power. <laughs> So then, what's he do? He throws his power. So I pull away, and I'm like, "Oh man, I could have countered him!" Shit, uh, man!
1: literally—that's like... the face he gave me, also, because I knew that he knew that he yeah. missed it. Yeah. yeah, that was the spot. We worked on that yep. spot on that yes, particular sir.
2: situation. And mm-hmm. then uh I did
1: it again. He does, he does it again. It's <laughs> yeah. like
2: two left hooks in a row. That's right. So I was able to pull and then counter him and then uh, you know frock him and then finish him. So uh, as far as Fighting in the UFC, you know, that got me definitely mentally and physically prepared to fight in the UFC. Then my first fight was against actually Genki Sudo, who's also a, was an extra student of a sensei root and also. So I actually had to get, I made sure to get clearance from him, you know, it was okay if we fight and he's mm-hmm. like, sure, you know, it's just business. So, uh, my first fight again in the UFC was against Genki Sudo and that was in, I think 2002. What maybe, did the 2003? organization
0: feel like then? Like, um, what was
2: it? I never really cared about what it felt like. I always... Focused on myself, you know. I yeah. was always—I knew since I was a child—two things were going to happen. One, I was going to be a world champion. Two, I was going to have my own academy in Colorado. The check and check. So yeah. those have both been accomplished now. But actually, when I was a child, I said a kickboxing world title. So my first world title was actually an MMA world title when I beat Pulver. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I, Man, still I still like there was something I didn't complete my task. I'm a very black. Wife, I say I'm going to do something and do it. So I said I'm going to win a kickboxing world title, and I didn't do that yet. So when I got the second chance to fight for the world title, I did. And when I was when I what claimed the world title i was done fighting and that was in 2004 mm-hmm. i felt like i was i could play my goal i didn't really want to fight anymore and and you could actually look at my my resume of my wins and losses it's like win 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 loss win 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 and then once i won my world title the second one the kickbox one, which i set out to do my career was like up and down up and down up and down because i just hit and miss with focus you know so it goes back to making sure you're being very specific with your goals maybe i should have said to be the ufc world champion and to be, you know, undefeated win streak for three, four years or something. Or just focus on the <clears>
0: process <throat> of always evolving your game. You yeah, know, I, I set, was too set, young set, at set that time. An, <clears throat> set more of a, a broader goal, like yes, I, sir. I intend to reach the very fullest potential of my martial arts capability and mm-hmm. find that peak. And then you realize, like, all right, if I'm still on the up, yes, sir. Then then you keep going. Yeah, and know? then
2: that's my going out with the guys that I train is to pull out their full potential. You know, to use yeah. all uh, the experience I've learned from sensei rooting and from all my experiences through the years and to use the information again to pull out their full potentials. So I'm not trying to make anybody Dwayne Ludwig or Boss. I'm trying to pull out, I'm not trying, I, I do, I pull out their full potential. Uh, but anyway, going back, you know, from in UFC, it was awesome to, you know, to be there. But again, I knew I belonged there. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm here and, you know, captivated by yeah, the lights. You, you always the same thing, right? Pretty because composed. to me, they
1: always said, yeah, if you go to UFC, well, you know, you go from belt to the UFC, you're going to get the jitters. You're going to, I never had that. Oh, I never, wherever I fought, it, it didn't really matter to me. You know, the, the, I don't the
2: time me. I had the jitters, the most though, was when I fought uh, Ramon Deckers. Yeah, yeah. Cause I actually trained with him before in Holland in 2002. And then we fought and I think in 04. So I've always looked up to uh, Mr. Sure. Deckers, you know, and then we trained together in, in Holland for a while. So I looked up to him as a fighter and then as an instructor. And then when we fought in the, in the ring, I was just like, Oh my God. It's Ramon Decker's, and then he's dropping yeah. me. And I remember, like, we're fighting, and I could see him right. And I see Ramon, and then I see the Japanese ref, and I was like, "Oh, he must have knocked me down." And I was like, one, two, and I go! I don't remember two or three. I just remember like four, five. And I was like, "Dang it!" Uh, but that's that one. Uh, I definitely had some jitters and held back. But again, it's you know Ramon Decker's, and that's again our our, our main goal is self mastery and making sure that you can collect your full potential yeah and that time i didn't but again it was ramon deckers
1: yeah
0: so, so for you same thing it was just kind of like a new a new venue even though it was octagon different different rules different cage different different thing it was
1: they were, they were not going to get the amount of uh people in the room that we had in pancras yep right i mean budokan fifteen thousand people that wasn't it was not at the time you mm-hmm. know so you know if you're used to that you know, you, you know, it's like going from pride fighting champions to, although, well, they could have a different reason. The fighters that went from pride to the UFC, a lot of them didn't do well in the beginning. Remember they had to adjust yep. to it, but there could have been different reasons. too. It's we been always, difference. everybody was knows that?
0: Different, was different drug
1: testing. testing and
2: <laughs> yeah. few different That's one thing I like to share. It which took me a long time to figure out again is, uh, so we can focus on the opponent and the organization and, and the crowd and sponsors and all these things, or we can focus on what's most important. Your inner development, you know, so that's the thing that I tell my guys too is the fight's not set until the bell rings. So, what do we focus on? Our own martial arts skill set, making sure they're pulling out our full potential, not necessarily game planning for this guy. Obviously, we need to do that, but again, the fight's not set until the bell rings. So, just make sure you're pulling out your full potential again. So, yeah, so I wanna make sure, yep. yeah, I doubling understand. down on what you're good at, right? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and, and fighting uh, this, the thing I just gave it uh, to a girl here also is going to fight. Um, I said, fight for yourself, put yourself at the number one spot. Mm-hmm. You're, the, you're the most important person to yourself. That's it. Yeah, but I have family. No, that's no, not. You're, you're the number one. Oh, but that's... No, no, no. But if you start thinking about family or other people, what they think about your fighting... It's more pressure on you. push more pressure more on pressure,
0: you. More pressure, more fear, more fear, more thought, more thought. That's it. Less at less action in the present moment. And, and then you're, you're going to lose. Gonna and well. that's
1: going to affect your family. Right. But if you don't... If you say, oh, I fight for myself, that actually is going to benefit your family way more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it works. are not. And it always works. You want to mm-hmm. take
0: there's so much pressure already. You know, when you're talking to these fighters, you want to take that, you want to take that off. You know, like when I see a fighter in there and they crack that little smile, not that cocky fake smile, but that the same thing that Michael Jordan had before he hit a game winning shot or Kobe Bryant, that little bit like, all right, like here we are. Then I know I'm like, all right, they're in the moment. They're, they're enjoying this. And when they're like that, they're just fast. They have access to that, that magic. It's like a little electricity that's in them. So they don't, they don't have to think about the counter. The counter's is just there.
2: Yeah. How's that going to happen? Yeah, constant repetition, right? Repetition, so again, yeah. as close as we can to the fight while still staying, staying safe. Mm-hmm. So quality repetition, Grasshoppers, quality repetition. I, I, <laughs> I, cool
1: so I remember... Quality, I, remember that. Yes. Because a lot of people say repetition. I just told yes, another sir. guy here also, I said, make sure if you do it a thousand times, if you do, it a, thousand times, if you do it a thousand times wrong, you'll never do good again. Yeah, like a so bad, bad golf makes, swing. Make yourself, film yourself. That's what I used to do, film myself training. Because you always think you're better than you really are. Mm-hmm. You'll be amazed. If you think you have a great golf swing, film it yeah and then you go <laughs> slow uh, motion yeah not so good actually yeah.
0: that's why i film myself having sex every time oh that's great <laughs> yeah watch it kind of performing too you know the camera like a, <laughs> oh you're not supposed to do that that's not,
1: that's no, not well, you can you know for your own home video Dave, it's actually cool you are uh, not, not supposed to flex into no, the but camera it, it shows and, that you're having <laughs> right? fun right which we we're just talking about yeah. yeah, smirk, you are in the, the moment. You know you're shooting from the hip oh, that's well, true. You're shooting from other sides too from the hip actually yeah really literally
0: from the hip so I want to go back to one of your fights that was one of the most impressive for me it's one of the few fights I remember where you want to fight from the bottom from guard and I think that was against Randleman yeah Kevin and then in like Alabama or somewhere was that where was that fight yeah Alabama yeah that was an incredible fight because in that time wrestlers were just kind of holding people down but they weren't doing a lot of damage yeah and even though he was on top which generally meant that that person was going to win the fight you were just so busy and so active that it was a in my mind like a clear choice um a clear choice for you to win that win that belt
1: for me for me it was well uh, as well and we can always talk about it and i said well if you break it down you know yeah he won if you break the 15 minute first round if you break it down in five minutes uh, three minute rounds because at the time there was no five minute round, like in Thai boxing and boxing three minute rounds right he won the first two rounds the yep. rest the three i won the overtime i won too because i just did more you know that's that was my thing but i looked bad mm-hmm. and i remember walking back to the corner i say i won I said, but I think they're going to give me loose lose because I look like crap. You know, mm-hmm. I brought, bashed my nose in with this and everything, and that's hopefully the damage is not going to uh, make me lose. But uh, thankfully, it didn't. But uh, it was very close. And Kevin and I became really close friends also afterwards. We went to his wedding with the family. My kids love him. And, you know, it was a, it was a hard pill to swallow Sure, uh, when he passed away. It was a good guy. He had a good heart. Sure. He really <laughs> did, man. He was something special. You know, he started, he started the whole El Wapo thing, you know, in japan actually i believe it was 2000 with the with the tournament with mark coleman he was there for mark coleman we were having breakfast with this tina shamrock is there the ex-wife from frank a was there she's mexican so we're talking about the movie the three amigos and i was already always calling myself the most handsome fighter in nhb nhb we would say at the time NHB, yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yep. and uh so bruce bruce buffer would announce me like that and hey, we have the most handsome fighter in nhb <laughs> and uh, Boss. you know it was awesome <laughs> so then when i've asked i said what does el wapo mean And she said, because El Wapo in the movie is that ugly, bad guy. And she goes, it's the handsome. I go, oh, that's funny. And then um, Kevin started, when he left, he says, okay, Wapo, see you in a bit. And that was it. The next, you know, Coleman, when they started, say, hey, Wapo, what's up? And boom, suddenly everybody started calling me Wapo. Wapo, not bad. Yeah, it's fun.
0: So what do you guys think about the, the UFC right now in its current state? Fast forward all the way to present. You know, what are the... How has the sport evolved? How has the fan base evolved? What's what's the game now as, as opposed to what it was
2: then? I'll say with the new owners, which are, from what I understand, an entertainment industry, mm-hmm. a, a management group, they are pushing more along the signs of the entertainment rather than the martial art and setting up the matches that should be mm-hmm. happening because of the ranking and the earned status. <clears throat> so it's it's that it's they're owned now by an entertainment group. So that's going to make sure that they're putting the fights on that are the most entertaining, not necessarily the guys who actually deserve the title shot say like, hence, uh, Yoel Romero or mm-hmm. what TJ Dillard had to go through to get, you know, another title shot. So, mm-hmm. um, but again, they're doing what they need to do as a business is sell tickets and make sure they create the buzz. So that's happening.
0: Well, you have to then look at the landscape. You have to say, that's a factor. Like how yeah. does a WWE guy become champion? Like people think, Oh man, it's all decided well, it's not just decided randomly out of a fucking hat or they just decided. It's the person that's engaging the crowd in a way that that would drive more people to the seats and is drive it? more people. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you just have to realize and recognize that there's another factor at play. And that yeah. factor is getting people to give a shit. Like the fighter's job is to win fights and to get people to give a shit if they want to maximize their the, opportunity. For the current business, if, yeah. For the current business. And I think it's important for fighters to realize like, you gotta you gotta look at what is actually happening, the current environment, and that's the environment. You gotta do two jobs. Yeah, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna maximize your money and maximize your opportunities to mm-hmm. continue to get those title fights and to get the best fights you want and to have leverage.
1: You know the mm-hmm. thing is though that they, they threw all the baskets uh, or the eggs in uh, one basket. They thought they th- well too, uh, McGregor and, and Ronda. Yeah, and and I think that if now they would come in, I don't think they would do it. Because now, okay, McGregor, yeah, but Rousey, well, we don't know what she's going to do McGregor next. was an uncut.
0: That was an unavoidable basket. I yeah. I mean, he's just so good yeah. at both of those things. <clears throat> yeah. You know, so good at, at bringing what he can inside. And also, I mean, he's one of the best shit talkers that's ever Yeah, it's he's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: It's just amazing. And also, when you meet him, he's such a good guy. You know, yeah. it's like- he knows exactly what he's doing and exactly what he's saying and he's not repetitive. He doesn't say, so. like me in interviews, you know, if I talk about my life, you know, I say the same story I talk about my life. But he has a way to, to say the same thing but completely different, right. you know, that's a gift, She's you know, gifted. he's, you know, he's going to have a big uh, pro wrestling career, I guarantee you that, he could be the smallest guy in pro wrestling, but he's going to be huge. Because you just want it? to hear him talk, that's, that's what I'm most thing. excited about the Floyd fight, is not the fight, is yeah. that they get to oh, talk shit, shit to
0: each happens. other, yeah. they get to talk shit to each other for a couple months, <laughs> I hope that like happens. that's going to be yeah. amazing, Yeah, that in itself. Yeah. Let's talk about that though, because everybody wants to hear about it, do you think he has any credible shot
1: at doing anything in that boxing match? We would say it's a puncher's chance. <laughs> puncher's chance, but yeah. That's, it's a very low chance against, you know, May, Maybar is probably the best defensive boxer out there, right? I mean, right. how you, I mean. So how, sh- how should you attack that shoulder roll style if
0: you were someone like McGregor?
2: I would do more body, oh, uh, if you were McGregor, I'd have to do more body work, right? But yeah. the, to answer the question as far as McGregor having a chance against Floyd, again, the, he's got the puncher's chance, but the interesting thing also is that Floyd hasn't fought somebody who moves and keeps the distance like Connor does. Yeah. And he you know keeps that distance so he can land the pull cross, which that's his main his main weapon is the pull cross yeah. from open stance also, uh, which meaning they're in, they're in opposite stances, you know. Uh, but that's not going to happen with Mayweather. But how would I approach Mayweather? I would mm-hmm. just try to corner him off because he's so good at moving. You have to cut him off right and then work more on the body. Yeah. But people have done this before and it's not happened right. So that's just my opinion. His
1: counters right? are so fast when you're. throwing Yeah, he the is body. Every, I mean, <clears throat> you know. You're going to do mm-hmm. something nobody else could do. Right. I mean, he was boxing in his diapers. I mean, it really <laughs> yeah. was. So if you think about it, his yeah. father, the whole family, everybody. I mean, it's. Uh, nobody wants more than, McGregor, uh, me, than, me, than, me, than me that McGregor knocks him out. Trust me. I'm, uh, I'm a full <laughs> sure. blown McGregor. I would, fan. I would love to I would see him win. It. I think yeah, a lot the of the world But man. unfortunately, you know, if I'm going to be honest, it's got to be like an 80 20 chance well the
0: odds will probably be even worse than that yeah you know i'm probably be even more in well if they're more
1: i'm for sure gonna put money on connor (laughs) because i'm hoping for that one shot Uh, yeah because if he slips in the left straight and it does connect what the factor that
0: maybe people aren't considering is it's possible that during that whole shit talking lead up that connor could get floyd so angry angrier than he's ever been in his life because as as good as (laughs) as much as you know connor i mean as floyd should be the favorite in the fight Conor is out overwhelmingly the favorite in the shit talk. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he's going to dominate him leading up to the fight.
1: Uh, okay, uh, Garbrandt, yes sir, versus uh, Cruz. Mm-hmm. He he out outdid the yep. all the anger thing with Cruz. It affected Cruz. Yep, and that's why he started taking over. Rousey went at the weigh in. She's at the weigh in with um, Nunez. Uh, no, uh, Holm. before with home, oh, uh, yeah. Holly Holm. And you remember when she gets angry, she lost her cool. Mm-hmm. My buddy was standing there, well, the boyfriend for my daughter, and he, he he used to be a boxer also, golden gloves. And he goes like, uh, "She's gonna lose. She's just she just got mentally broken. I guarantee yeah. you that because she's never been like that." McGregor with Diaz when they were standing, and suddenly McGregor gets angry and hit his hands. Mm-hmm. said same, he's gonna lose, and he lost. You know, so you see, it's it's all about that. If you're used to being constantly the guy who does that, and somebody does it a little bit better suddenly than you, you know. That, that's a hard pill to swallow because now he's inside your head and you can't fire back because you know, there's no, it bounces off, so to say. And I truly believe that could happen now and it's a good point that you make with McGregor yeah. and Mayweather because if Mayweather does start as a, Plus, you have to understand this as well. Eh? When Mayweather fights him, it's also going to be f- plus 1,500 or something, something yep. like that. Everybody who sees Mayweather on the street, every single person, oh, man, this guy's not a boxer. Mm-hmm. You're gonna knock him out. He's got all kn- the pressure. All the pressure. There's zero pressure on McGregor. Yes. McGregor goes like, "Hey, I'm gonna make $100 a hundred million dollars anyway." Win, it's a
0: true win-win.
1: He's gonna be relaxed. <laughs> if, as I, fuck. if I lose, I lose against the best boxer on the planet. Who cares? Those guys are very dangerous. Yeah. You know, you always see it with fighters who they take who take a fighter a week notice, or five days notice, or three day notice. They have nothing to lose. If they lose, everybody was expecting it anyway. Yeah. You know, so if you don't have that pressure.
0: I remember playing, uh, my mom was a, she was a professional tennis player. She went to semifinals at Wimbledon, so she was an athlete and would tell me stories as an athlete. And remember, I was a basketball player, and when I would have, like, an injury that was pretty well-known or I was sick and, you know, kind of the word was out, it was amazing how well I would play because the pressure would be off. Like, if you show up and you're playing your game with your 102 fever, like, anything good you do is awesome yeah you know so your expectations to score 22 points and grab yep. seven boards and do your normal thing it's not there it's like oh wow he's even playing and then at that point with the pressure off your mind is just so loose that sometimes you can even though your body's not there your mind can make up for it and make an even better performance. Why,
2: why is there pressure in the first place
0: well <laughs> because you 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 created you created thinking yeah. about
2: stinks outside right rather than inside right? And that's the,
0: that's the name of the game. And that's, that's right. what we do in any aspect, it's not even sports. Sports are a microcosm for life.
2: Yeah, it's you awesome know, when that. we
0: judge our own self by our own performance in this kind of conditional love paradigm that, the, that society and the world, everybody enforces, you're loved more when you succeed, so you internalize that and you love yourself more than you succeed. You beat yourself up way harder than any of your biggest haters, you know? And I, and I think that's the thing that you gotta work on is making sure that at least how you treat yourself you go in like you said, do it for you. If you win, great. If you lose, you learn. You know, I literally took it off. from
1: the uh, from sparring. I would, I, I, you know, I could spar with the, the best guys in Holland, the best, and I was and I was doing really good. But for some reason, I couldn't bring it under control in Thai boxing in in Holland. It was really weird. And once that started, it started going in my mind, in my mind. Maybe that's one of the things also because in fact, I go like. You just fight like you're doing. Why are you not fighting like you're doing in training, you know? And then once you start really thinking about that, you come to the clu- conclusion that it's for the other people you're doing everything that we're talking about the whole time now here. And once you can let that go, that's such a freedom, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't care anymore, it's the, the biggest freedom a guy can have. No fear. To flow. Because there's no fear. I'm just going to fight. I'm gonna... This guy just asked me here, he wants to fight in Japan. What do I do? I say, you are going to be exciting. And I mean, that that sounds, I said, your first fight, you, you cannot be afraid to lose. Yeah. Because if a Japanese promoter looks at your record and your seven wins and five losses and all wins and losses came by a form of stoppage, he'll get you. Yeah. Because he knows he's got to fight always. You're always fighting. Winning or losing, you're going to leave, you're not going to leave it in the hands of the judges. You're a guy that promoters want. I said, be that guy. Mm-hmm. I said, but you got to be ready for losing because losing will happen. But, you know, it doesn't matter. If you come back and you go again, you, that's what they love in Japan. You get knocked out, and when you get up and struggle and then you make a comeback, dude, they'll go crazy because they might be still uh, and quiet. But at the moment that happens, mm-hmm. the whole place goes nuts. They stand, you got ovations. You know, it's the coolest thing. They really love that Japanese, that, the, the samurai spirit. Yeah. Shiro, you know, leave it out I... that Whatever happens, you do not quit. You know, and that's, that's the thing. And that's what I told him. I said, simply do not quit. And it doesn't matter if you get knocked out or it. You know, just fight. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And, uh, and you see
0: you. that, you know, you see that creep up sometimes. And, you know, we actually saw it in, you know, Tyron's become a good friend. We work with him. You saw that on both sides of the Tyron Wonderboy fight, where that was way, totally. way too much <clears throat> thinking, yeah. you know, and just, just if they both allowed themselves to do it, you know, let that, out, let that outcome sort
1: itself out, you know. And, they were and, both right back to the first fight. Yeah. And all the things that they said in between, that put only more pressure on them. <laughs> right. Oh, I figured him out. I'm going to knock him out this time. Oh, I hear you. the voice says the same thing. Oh, no, no. I got his number now. You no, know, so now everybody says, okay, this is going to be a great fight. You know, so you put, this, you put the, the bar like so both high. It's like they're wearing backpacks. Yeah. They're wearing backpacks
0: that they can't take off, and those backpacks are slowing down the ability to just stay loose. You and know? you
1: saw what I said with uh, Tyron. I said, listen, if he just doesn't care, and he just comes, you know, comes forward and, and boxes with him, because everybody's really afraid of Thompson. But the moments that Tyrone was attacking, I mean, he rocked him. His eyes yep. went back. I mean, it, it, was, it was the first time when they met. And I said, he should do that the whole time. He, he, must, he has to respect him, but don't respect him too much. You know, just fight. And he did that in the fifth round, and he almost stopped him again. You yep. know, so it's, uh, it's all in the mind. That's trick. 50, the trick. It's 50-50, not 80-20, not 90-20. It's all 100% here. If you, in the morning, have to wake up and get out of bed for, for a workout session, that decision is going to be made in the head <laughs> so mm-hmm. that means everything is mental all the firing all the thing you do to your body everything goes from the brain 100% mental what are some of the things that you
0: guys do to to work on that I mean is, as you said repetition quality repetition you know I one of the things I always teach and talk about is this process of mental override it's the ability that when your body doesn't want to do something and it's not dangerous going to kill you you just force yourself to do it you know like make that thing happen through your body you know and just practice that and i I give the example of i don't really like cockroaches much and i really don't like to grab them but if i see one in the house my body says smash it with a magazine or put it in a cup take it out but i'll force myself to gently grab it with my hand and take it out because i'm training my body to do something it doesn't want to do for me that's like a quality rep and i think that's got to be important for fighters as well you got to be able to override these things these signals that are coming from the body with your consciousness and say consciousness you are in charge you are driving the ship let's fucking do this
1: you know you make a combination i give a, a one-two and somebody kicks underneath and oh ooh, that's a hard liver kick. you know i gotta watch out a lot of fighters it shuts down the right straight right away because they think oh now from now on every time i do the one-two he's gonna kick me there it's your mind please just play tricks on you tricks on you the guy could have been just lucky. Maybe, <laughs> right. maybe he wasn't even waiting for your right straight. He just threw a left kick and it got yeah. underneath. Always do it again. You know where I learned that? When mm. I, was, uh, uh, I was young, always in the pool every morning because I was a severe asthma patient. So I uh, had a pool very close to my home I was always swimming before I went to school. Swimming, 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 swimming. But I loved the diving board, so do all the crazy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. handstands and I'm making crazy crazy flops and flip-flops <laughs> and back, all that stuff. And those times that you fall really flat, really hard, That's and right. it hurts really bad. And the, right away, the coaches there say, right now, go back. Because if you don't, you're not going to do it anymore. If you start overthinking this, tomorrow you're going to be afraid to do it. Yeah. And, and that was the trick. And I remember going to a corner with a bike, and I was 12 years old. And I slipped because it was sent there. I fell and I fell hard. And my, we had to go to school and we were racing to go to school, we were too late. And my uh, friend says, I said, you go to school, you go to school, I gotta go back. And he goes, what do you gotta go back? I said, I gotta take this corner again right now. So what, what are you talking about? I said, otherwise I'm not gonna take it anymore like this. <laughs> I wanna go. so I ran back, went same speed, I went to the corner, see, it was just an accident. Yeah. It was not always there. You gotta just tell yourself, no, he you was just lucky at the time. or I just had bad luck at the time. You hit something, you know, it's not all the time going to happen. And if you step away from that, you take the risks and you realize, like in training, when you play around, hey, everything works. You know, once you put restrictions on things, things become more serious and that affects you. Isn't
2: right? that how you started to get the idea for the O2 trainer from the asthma attacks?
1: For asthma mm-hmm. attacks, yeah, that's where I, uh, the, you know, the, I, I literally, it will be a week or eight days in bed, not able to eat, not able to wow. almost drink water because I couldn't eat, I couldn't breathe. You know, but my my my, um, uh, my Track and field, if I would restart my track and field afterwards, I would break, in my, run, break my running times. And then I realized, <clears throat> what, what's going on? Is the medication I'm taking? What, what is going on here? And then I saw a, a picture of a pair of lungs on the doctor's office and where the pipes to the lungs, it's not the lungs that are infected, it's just the lung pipes that go to the lungs. And I realized when I saw that, the infected area, I go, oh man, I've been working out my lungs for eight days straight, all day long. I've been pulling air into that little infected area Mm -hmm. uh, let them work really hard let your core work really hard to pull that air in so I actually made them stronger now with the infection gun you know my lungs are stronger it's easier for them to pull air in why don't I come up with something that controls the air intake that's how I came up with the O2 trainer device Mm -hmm. you see everything (laughs) crazy how things come out. It's it's funny how that works. Well, you
0: know? yes. Resistance creates adaptation. Yeah, that's yes. the basic fundamental element of the body. And yep. when you have resistance, your body adapts and you become stronger. And then you remove that point of resistance, and you're stronger. Yep.
2: First, you know, out of all the people on the planet have have had asthma attacks. If for him to figure out that aspect, right, is genius. Yeah, it really it was is. Cool. Yeah, you're really yeah. good at breaking things down. Very detailed. Breath, you know,
0: breath is is one of those things that I think is also very underrated. You know, as, as part of in any training cycle. You know, we got the chance to, to hang out here with Wim Hof here at the, uh, and he did a whole seminar. We put 5,000 pounds of ice in our swimming pool and he oh, put us through the yeah. whole thing. And it was really interesting because one of the things he had us do was we did the hyperoxygenation, the Wim Hof breathing, and then we did a breath hold at the bottom of our breath. So there was no oxygen in our lungs. And then he said, you know, he's like, all right, how many push pushups, think about how many push ups you think you can do normally. And then after doing that session, with no air in our lungs at the bottom of our breath, just having been oxygenated, we started doing pushups. And I was 30% higher than I was in my own personal record. It was really remarkable what like oxygen, being able to pull oxygen into the body and how that oxygen fuels the ATP, which then fuels the muscles. It just changes the dynamic.
1: It's the number one priority in your body. Yeah. Water, three weeks, food, three months, average person air three minutes mm-hmm. it's the number one <laughs> so focus on the number one it's the number one for a reason so if you make that stronger everything becomes stronger what do they do if they give you these crazy hard work i do this whole uh qigong thing now that they do for my nerves very painful i mean with a quarter that's scraping that it's it's an insane pain but what the, what do they say constantly which i'm already doing is breathe in breathe out you got to keep deep uh, breathing deep because that will take care of the pain. It will help you with the pain. But if you start, mm-hmm. that, that never works. Keep the body flowing.
0: Well, flow with the breath.
1: All right, while well, we I'm got flowing. you here,
0: I'm going to wrap this thing up. We got to talk about TJ and Cody. Yes, sir. <laughs> we got that big fight. And, you know, honestly, my opinion is this is great for both of these guys. Like of a course. warrior needs worthy opponents. Yes, and sir. this is an opportunity for them to not only grab a piece of that spotlight, which is really important, especially for that division, these two guys, but have somebody that offers that resistance, that grindstone yeah. to each iron, other's swords, that's gonna make them stronger. But you're in a unique perspective. I've had Cody on here talking, he's confident, and I'm sure you know, you're know you confident in TJ's corner. And what do, you, what do you see from that fight? What are you looking forward to? What do, what do you feel like sharing on that? What I'm aspect? looking
2: forward to is exactly the same thing that we need to look forward to with the cruise fight, is making sure that TJ is going to be calm and composed and do what he needs to do. From the cruise fight, you've seen he was a bit uh, emotional, right, and then you watch this fight against Lineker, different. Right? This butter. Not as much, obviously, you know, Cruz is great at shit talking. So he got, you know, a little bit under TJ's skin. Then TJ learned from that mm-hmm. and then it occurred to get under his skin. He was pretty cordial leading up to the fight, but that was a great test for him to control his emotions and get a lot better, you know, which is why I recently promoted him to black belt because one from that fight and then two being on ultimate fighter and seeing him coaching because obviously he's a ninja in the cage and in the gym as far as his personal performances, but can he coach? Can he teach? You know, that's why I asked Sensei, you know, is, is it okay for TJ to get his black belt? Can he coach? Can he teach? Or after watching him on the show, 100%. He's, he's a phenomenal instructor. So he was able to earn his black belt. But what do I look forward to in that fight is, again, TJ doing what he needs to do. What we all need to do is focus on ourselves and making sure we're pulling out our full potential. So once that happens, he will be wearing the, the belt in July.
0: Beautiful. What do you see, boss? What do you see <clears> in that?
1: I'm going to see a lot of movement. That's, uh, you know, but well, well, we know that with uh, TJ, but I think. I, I think TJ going to get it, you mm-hmm. know, I don't need to say I'm biased, but I'm just, I, I, when I see him, I thought he beat Cruz also. So, you know, and, and then people go, yeah, but it's, it's like, but um, Jermaine, the Ronda me. Mm-hmm. Oh, boss would only says that because uh, he's from <laughs> Holland. I say, Oh, so that's the reason why you think the other one won because you're from America. So you're doing it. And now you <laughs> expect me that I do it too. No, I'm unbiased. You're, yeah, sure. I like her, but you know, as a, I have to, people have to understand that if I mess up on that, you know, that's, it's a bad thing. So it's, I don't, what I, if I give my honest opinion, that's my honest opinion. It's not because she's Dutch, doesn't have to do anything with it. But all the Americans who say, no, it's just because you're Dutch Well, you're doing it. (laughs) Right. I I didn't say it to you, you said it to me. So that means you are actually doing it, not me. This is a reflection thing. You know, you, you, it's like telling people, oh, you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't do that. thing. And you look at your own life and you realize, oh shit, I'm, I'm doing actually all these things that I'm telling, you know, it's preaching and actually doing it. There's, there's a lot of difference there.
2: Lead by so, example. Lead mm-hmm. by example.
1: So. And, and I truly believe that you won that fight. Done. If you break it down, we watch it twice with the sound of no commentating. And I truly believe, I also believe that when, when the commentators kept going over those punches for a whole freaking round, oh, uh, she hit him after the belt, let it go because they planted all the seeds for all the people who were watching, and now they dislike her. And once you start disliking somebody, you watch a fight differently. You, of fine. course you do. You start <clears throat> looking at the opponent, what she does. They say, turn it off, re-watch the fight, don't listen to the commentary, see what you think. You know, and that is, to me, like Mauro thought that Holm won. And then, but I said, did you see the fight? I saw the highlights. I said, let's watch the fight. And we watched it without the sound. And he was literally like me, like, oh, okay, that's uh, Jermaine. Oh, oh, that's Jermaine again. What? Well, well, I don't see what's going on. She won everything. I said, I'm telling you, that's what I thought so as well. And I, there's, there's a talk about, you know, the kick in the head. And she's there. You she know, can I be a day th- and eight round? Can she have one round? Sure. You know, but I just thought that she made the Rondami won more rounds. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And when the corner, when you went back to the corner, and They, made, oh, the only thing that randami is doing, throwing an, a kick and a punch. Well, home, you, you were doing the same thing. That was the only thing you did. Only the randami connected every time with those big punches. You see, so... That's, and and that, that's why when i with with TJ and with Cruz, I truly believe he won. And that's my perspective. And most of the time, I, I do believe I have an, an open perspective. So I think if he comes in like that and learns from these mistakes not to get angry, will be even better than the Lineker fight. He already said it, you know. I mean, this is the guy that he, you talked about four years ago that he said, Mark, this guy, you brought him to my gym. And he was a pretty much nobody knew him. And he was already, and to said, man, this, you watch him. He's, He's going to go. He's special. Yeah. He always said that. You know, suddenly you see him go, and it, it, his learning curve doesn't stop. Yeah. He keeps on going, keeps on going. All these crazy kicks coming out with the hands and the mobility and everything. He's just a supreme athlete.
2: Y- yeah, you definitely have to get better because with the constant evolution of the human species in general, and then along with the martial arts, you always got to improve and get better. And what's next, you know? Orthodox and a southpaw, then there's a whole world of in-between the stances. Obviously, in the, again, keep repeating, they control yeah. the mind.
0: This is such a fucked up fight for me because I'm friends with both of them, but yeah. I'm also no, it's awesome. so incredibly <clears throat> excited to see it because there's not a fight on the whole card, on the whole schedule, where if the, both of them bring their best, that I'm more excited to see yeah. what happens. It's one you
2: of thing, you know, they, they fought many a times in the gym. They mm-hmm. might as well get paid for it, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, yeah. the, the thing yeah.
1: with me is this. And there's also another mm-hmm. thing with me. If, if two guys are fighting, you know, if, 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 you and Genki fight, right? So, it's, I got to be separated. But it's what I always say. Even... Even TJ fights now, okay, against Garbrandt. And if TJ would lose, well, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the, we don't win everything. We don't lose everything. You know, it's, it's just the name of the game and you're going to have to, you know, that's the whole thing here in America now with Trump, for instance, right? I mean, the freaking liberals cannot let it go. I mean, last time I didn't want uh, Obama, but you know, I said right away after, oh, Obama won. Oh, okay, well, i we have four years of him. I never said anything, oh, every day, oh, Obama, Obama. I mean, come on, stop it. You know, just why don't you wait? Wait for two years, see what he does. Don't try to jump on the top. Listen, I know he's not a good choice, but the other one was worse. And so I I think he actually has a better chance of making this country good again. But give him a chance, because if you don't, I mean, he's constantly getting attacked. Give the guy a little bit of... Space. Yeah, but you know? just chill out a little bit, maybe. No, no, no. <laughs> what he should do? Enjoy the journey. No, he's a complete idiot with those <laughs> stupid yeah. tweets. I mean, he oh, he, listen, he, he does stupid stuff. I, but- no, it's like I said, we were dealt with two bad cards, right? And and but I chose that one, you yeah. know, because I know the stuff that goes on in Europe. It's going to happen here if she was going to stay, and it's a bad thing. We mm-hmm. don't want that here. Sure. So I knew that hundred percent, and I, pretty much every European who lives here would do the same thing. I guarantee you that because we know. But you know, it's like you've, you've seen
0: you've seen the movie <sighs> before.
1: No, Meryl Streep, you know, when he says, oh, I know you were underestimated. Dude,
2: it's, her perspective.
1: Be, don't be a six-year-old kid. <laughs> Meryl, I always loved your movies. I'm sorry that you were thinking like this. I'm sorry. I wish you all the best. That's the tweet you should send, right? <laughs> yeah. why, why are you so resentful? And every time the anger and they are like, no, 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 no. That's a stupid thing well, that he, he does. He should stop that.
0: He should. And and I think if people have had the the kind of the training that any martial artist goes through, you learn a sense of humility. You learn a sense of what you are. There's a, there's a reality that he is not privy to. And the reality that he's created around himself is everybody saying yes, and if yes, you don't, you're fired. Yeah. In the gym, if you create that environment, you know, which I don't know Ronda's camp, but a lot of people saying that even Ronda's training camp was a lot like that fighters who couldn't really hit her couldn't really hit her in the face i I don't know i don't know if that's true or not but but if you create that situation she's not going to be the best fighter and if you're a president and you create a situation where you have a bunch of people saying yes to you whatever you do all the time and you're not going to be any good if i'm a ceo and i don't have people who agree with me i'm going to be a shitty ceo and on it's going to suck yes you know because i'm going to make mistakes i'm going to see things with a bias i'm not going to be able to recognize the truth
1: sometimes (laughs) you need people to help you that thing with Schwarzenegger, when he did uh, When You're Fired, whatever the show is, you know? And, yeah. and then he says, his ratings weren't as good as mine. That's the thing that he tweets about Schwarzenegger's first show, and I go, are you serious? How old are you? You know? I can understand this, that they lie, and they do. They really do. They do both ways, but it, it, right now he's got a lot of lies that he has to deal with. But I mean, just let it react on that. Yeah. No, this is what happened, for real. But those childish things, let it go, dude. you are got to be such a People gonna love you if you if you do that, but I don't know if he can because exactly what you said is surrounded by yes Ben.
2: Mr. Marcus, what was your response in the uh, the club again? For someone who wants to fight, they need you have some underlying issue <laughs> yeah, that needs I to be said, resolved. You
1: have something unreconciled
0: deep in your heart, something you need to reconcile deep in your. <laughs> yeah, heart. Yeah, same thing just for him. Blew his he, mind. he needs just he blew needs his his mind.
2: he needs a DMP trip. He does. Does, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he
0: needs he needs a, he needs a mirror held up, not this this painted, you know whatever that uh, fucking sleeping beauty mirror yeah. that shows yeah. him exactly what he wants to see, but a real one. That's all a- the pretty parts, all the ugly parts, and let him just look at that thing. There's actually a ritual with one of the most challenging plant medicines in the world uh, called Iboga, and it comes from the a country of Gabon in Africa. And as part of the initiation into the, into the tribe and, and into uh, holding that medicine, I was gonna say you, that. Take, you take Iboga and which lasts like 36 hours, you're awake the whole wow. time, and the whole time you're looking in a mirror. So you're on one of the strongest psychedelics in the world and for 36 hours you're just looking in the mirror and looking at yourself. And the point is, like if you want to be a part of the tribe in the greater whole, you better know yourself, motherfucker. Like yep. you better know all the demons, all those things that you have inside and come to peace with those. Realize what they are, see them for what they are, ultimately forgive them, send them love and transcend them, move past them. You know? But no. but you have to look at yourself
1: first. You know the the the, the Indians do something like what is that stuff they peyote. take with a 21 peyote, yeah? Right and, and because that's when the world, I like that with mushrooms. Yeah. Because mu- if you take mushrooms, I mean, I, I remember the first time I took mushrooms. And I'm not the guy who takes a lot of mushrooms that I start seeing things because I don't like that. I'm afraid of that because I'm, my mind works really weird. You know, I see, I, I'm going to see the worst things. I know my, my mind. So I take a little bit. A little bit. You don't feel anything, but I remember one time we had the bed in the kitchen. My wife and I met when I had a one-room apartment, (laughs) so I I had no money, no nothing. She's not with me because I'm famous, trust me. (laughs) 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 Because I had my whole apartment was smaller than this thing. But you know, I was laying on my bed, and there was just a ceiling, just a regular straight ceiling, and I go, "Oh my." God, that ceiling is so beautiful. Look at this. You know, and you see the beauty in everything. And that's what they do with the peyote. You see nature like you really have to see it. When you take mushroom, when you look at a a tree, it's almost like you can count the amount of leaves that are on. Everything is so sharp. You respect everything. The food is better. Everything. And I go like, wow. For some people, sometimes they should use that. You know, because then they realize, oh, this is the real world. But we're so watered down. Everything becomes, you think a beer. You know, and then after one beer, we're kid, a you go, hey, I feel really good. But guess what? That one beer becomes in two, four, five, to get the same effect, becomes way more. That's the same with your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, you're happy, you see all these beautiful things, but you're used to it. But when you take that drug, when you take mushrooms, you see it like it really is. And the freaking world is a beautiful place so beautiful. if you look at it. You know, that's what more yeah, people should
0: do. We become numb to it. I think you can call it hedonic tolerance was a term that Jason Silva talks about. It's this ability where, Anything that's pleasurable, anything that's beautiful, you get used to it over time. Yep. And then you do something like take the right amount of mushrooms. It just wipes all
1: that away. And you get back to that state of awe. Like, holy shit. That You know, the, my, one of my biggest things was it was so cool. It was with the, Peter Ertz. Was there were was some other fighters as well. Peter Ertz, 3-1 K-1 champion. Mm-hmm. We were both out. It was Dynamo Open Air. It's a big freaking rock. Concert with all these different bands that come. And Rachel against the machine is playing, and we got backstage tickets. But to me, backstage tickets tickets means onstage tickets. You know, so I'm drunk. I took some mushrooms, and I'm I'm seeing. I go like, oh, this is good. So I like, I pray, please let somebody make me a picture. The the, the, the the lead singer is singing, and he's while he's singing, I'm I'm walking on stage. I go in front of him, and i to the audience <laughs> like this. Yeah, and then I hear the security get these guys off the stage. I <laughs> know oh, the security answers back. They go, "Do you know who these guys are?" <laughs> you know, so it was hilarious, and I go, "Please make a picture, somebody. This is the best picture. Hundred twenty-five thousand people, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> oh, dude." And then I remember I, I saw. If I thought red, I saw everybody who was wearing people who had a gum package. I swear to God, oh. I will pick everybody out who had red. And I go, "Wow, this is weird." Um, blue and i open my eyes blue oh it was the craziest thing
0: yeah oh beautiful there's so there's so much beauty available for us in this world you know if we get out of our heads if we're able to just really see everything around us be present man this is the best video game we could ever create (laughs)
1: einstein said it you know he said listen this even einstein he said this this this, it's it, it has to be a design yeah that's even Einstein said, it's it's un, it's un impossible that this is not designed by something more powerful. You know, it really is. If I go through the mountains with us, where I live, it's beautiful now, especially with all the water that we had in California. I mean, it looks like we can scoff everything's green, beautiful, different kind of, and you walk and you see the... So I go, man, the world is really beautiful, you know, enjoy it, you know, do something nice. Hell yeah. Well, the world is a more beautiful place for having you two guys in it. Absolutely.
0: Oof been a pleasure yes. <laughs> appreciating everything that you guys have done so thank you so well, much i appreciate thank I appreciate you. the time Maybe, i appreciate okay.
2: honor i appreciate sensei yeah. literally changed my life you know and, you, brother. and i'm and uh, now i'm in the position to help uplift and aspire and, and help others become better <laughs> beings the martial arts so no doubt this
1: is no the guy when i met him first you know he, his opponent wasn't there at the event oh yeah and uh yeah. so i said well we need an opponent for him so i grabbed the microphone this was the the wild west and he go, anybody in the audience want to fight? <laughs> and this one guy like thirty, forty five pounds heavier than him. Oh, I'll fight him. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm like I'm like one hundred and fifty pounds at the yeah. time, yeah. And he, he dropped he kicked him in the head. The guy's out he go, I like that. <laughs> That's how we pretty Yeah, much so fight. I always always knew who <laughs> a center was, but yeah, that worked out well. So I'm glad that fight happened, yeah.
0: Yep, yes. Beautiful. Sir. Well, thank you so much,
2: guys. Yes, I appreciate it. Much yes, love.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Aubrey Marcus Podcast. As always, we deeply appreciate it if you share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. And of course, go to onnit.com slash Aubrey. Get 10% off all of the tools for human optimization.